Welcome back. I'm Wilson Mack, and this is Happily Haphazard. Wake up, take a look around and try to make up. You might have thought of how to spend your day, cause at the moment it seems like there's more to come. Hey, so it's 2022, day three of wearing pajama pants. The sheer friction of my thighs rubbing against each other has now melded my scrotum to my leg. You can make a fire in a hailstorm from the heat steaming off my gooch. But I'm bored, man. I'm locked up by my own accord, but there's, there's really nowhere to go without a 110% chance of getting COVID. You know, I'm getting desperate. I'm starting to see COVID like chicken pox. Remember how they had pox parties back in the day? And one kid on the block would get it and a bunch of parents would run up on him like, Hey, yo, can, can Billy cough on Timmy? Please. Just to get it all over and done with. I just want to see somebody. I just want to party. I got nothing to do except try and better myself. And I already did that last year. So I'm over it. And I'm sitting here eating Listerine tabs to pass the time. One after the other. You know them? The little paper, like, minty tabs. As a kid, I used to pretend I was doing acid with them before I knew what what acid was. Which really, you can only pretend for the second after you eat one. It's not like disguising a chup-a-chup stick as a cigarette. With a Listerine tab, you you wouldn't wait an hour after having a Listerine tab and be like, Yeah, yeah, I think I'm feeling something. It's a lot of commitment to the bit. All my friends have COVID. I can't even get that. Just another instance of me being left out. What the fuck, guys? COVID's like NFTs right now, man. It was big for a while, went away, now it's coming back with a vengeance. And everyone is getting in on it except me. So it's only a matter of time before Logan Paul learns to monetize COVID. Which I guess you could say he kind of did with this uh, boxing going on. Anyway, I'm keeping this hype attitude. But really, when you get down to the central feeling, it's just exhaustion. And I'm coming from a good situation. Like, I can work from home, do a podcast on the side. I got a little family. So my situation's good. There's a lot of people doing it way tougher than I. But universally, it seems we're all just exhausted. When you have this ever-present threat that's so well advertised and apparent to the point that it's just depressing, you just wonder, how can the fun stuff survive? The bits I find essential to having a good time in life that don't necessitate me inhaling from a vaporizer or whipped cream dispenser, you know? A big one that I've seen some people post about is how is the local music industry supposed to survive, right? How is it supposed to... There's no shows or they're cancelled a night before, venue caps, etc. How is the local industry supposed to to survive? Uh, Answer, it's not. It's not supposed to. Local music has never been set up to survive something like this. Not very long ago, it was absurd to even think you could monetize subjective art on a local level. Unless you were busking. But they did. And it will. See, the thing is, it will survive because people want it. There's an audience for it. Right? Local music is propped up by those who invest time and money into it because they simply want it to exist. How insane is that? By sheer will, this concept of local artists exists. 
I spoke to a local showrunner by the name of Josh Hockey of Lost Soul Booking. That's Lost Soul Booking. Check him out. They do some very cool shows. I've been lucky enough to work with Josh in the past, and I felt he'd be a good person to talk to and get some insight from. But there isn't one person I've spoken to who, who went to gigs and shows pre-pandemic who isn't 100% ready to go to a show when shit is safe. Some don't even care about this virus thing. That's the direction we're heading with vaccine boosters, etc. I genuinely believe we are going to get there. I just want to preface with that. People are keen, but there's barriers right now. That being what we are allowed to do. That is the barrier. <laughs> Some bands are feeling fucked right now. There's been two years of total uncertainty. But in that time, I've seen, of course, big bands bolster their audience. But local bands shoot to the fucking stars because their work ethic is unrelenting. Like anything in the music industry, sometimes the hard work pays off. Most of the time, it doesn't. So how do you get a payoff? See, that's subjective. Some, some just want the music out there. Others feel the need to perform. If they aren't performing, they're not living. This is one of those fun things, right? To have a good time. There's a lot of people involved in local music. And specifically for this, I'm talking about the Melbourne music scene. And even more specifically, uh, the hardcore alternative music scene. Um, which is just what I have experience in, at least, from being around it. There's a lot of people involved in local music who, if they don't have a show to look forward to, they have nothing they're looking forward to. Now, the sharing aspect, the live aspect, one of the core fun bits that allows people to see the artists they like, to play with artists they like, to socialize for friendship, and to an unfortunate, though somewhat necessary extent, socialize for the game of it all, that is, connections and clout, the ugly bit. This too will survive. It may come out looking different. We saw that with venue caps, but the essential goal is to put on a show and present what you've got to an audience. See, I think there's always going to be a place for that, but right now it requires an absurd amount of patience. Because putting on a show is a luxury. Venues right now just want to fucking survive and guarantee floor space for people to drink and eat. So then you go, okay, well, what about all-ages gigs? Where are the all-ages gigs? What's, what's going on there? What happened to them? Venues where food and drink isn't a part of the, a part of the equation. Uh, like a bar, maybe like a can of Coke. Maybe that's what you'd get there. What's, what's going on with that? Is it the venue's fault? See, way before the pandemic, one year they just seemed to stop. It used to be that every weekend there was a local show you could go to in a multiplicity of suburbs. You'd bring a friend, a friend who had never been before. And it would blow their fucking mind. And then these gigs would have a new regular audience member, right? That's how it seemed to work. All ages gigs inspired so many of the local musicians and fans of today. And some of these all ages shows were massive. And word on the suburban street was they were pulling bigger audience than the 18 plus ones. I remember one at uh, Northcote Hall, I think it was. That thing was ridiculous. And the festivals, man. I mean, fuck. Remember, remember Pushover? Sydney Meyer Music Bowl. That was insanity. So I asked Josh about this. I asked, what happened to all ages gigs? I used to see them all the time. Now, he's not originally from Melbourne. He didn't grow up here. By the time he got here, there was already few and far between in terms of all ages shows and a visible lack in audience attendance. And Melbourne is a hub for music and art. So if that's here, imagine anywhere else. 
Now, personally, I worry about that. For the reasons I mentioned before, it seems that the greatest generation of social media users are not being connected to local artists, especially alternative music, right? So I asked Josh that question too, is, is the lack of all ages shows detrimental to this scene? And he said, yeah, yes, it's damaging to the scene. It affects the longevity of the genre in the long run. And I asked, have you run any as a booker then? Is there a market for this? He says, no, I haven't run any purely due to financial concerns. This is the thing we see come up again and again. It's understandable if things aren't financially viable. It's almost always dead in the water, especially during an unprecedented pandemic where people are saying, fuck fun, I just need to eat. You can't just take that jump for the sake of taking the jump. He says uh, that, let's see, most of the city-based venues people attend aren't willing to or allowed to have under-18s in their venues. And a bunch of the venues that can meet that criteria aren't keen on doing so because plain and simple, you don't make as much money without slinging drinks. So yes, kids get thirsty, but an $8 beer sells just as quick, if not quicker, than a $3 Sprite. And I've never seen someone double-parked with two cans of Fanta. From what Mr. Josh told me, being able to gauge interest from the younger audience as well is not easy. There aren't a huge amount of vocal fans in that all-ages range. So putting on these shows, wherever the venue may be, begins to sound like a dumb move, plain and simple, financially. And local showrunners on the come-up uh, doing amazing work like Josh Hotboy Hockey, is uh, they just need to grow their business before they can actually go out on a limb and take that leap of faith on things like that. I think it's a, a smart move and uh, no one blames them for that. Now, I wonder where this supposed lack of interest comes from. You know, why am I sitting here sounding like an old man shouting back in my day, people loved all ages shows? I think it's because the main event organizer who used to run all these all ages gigs back in the day, the majority, was underage themselves. An audience participant making shows for everyone. So then, without motivation and push coming from younger music fans, I think, what happens? What happens there? It's sort of just fend for yourself. You know, some kids pre-pandemic were making it happen. We played one out in rural Victoria, a battle of the bands, and guess what? The turnout was insane. People are dying for live music out there, especially alternative music. But you ain't making money. We basically paid to be there. It was worth it because it was fun and we were hitting the road and we were willing to do that. But if you're trying to play it smart and be a quote-unquote successful band, how do you leap this hurdle? I mean, at a local level, there isn't a huge amount of money being made. And as I explained, it seems if the venue can't sell beer, it's unlikely you get the chance to try and hustle out a show because that's where the venue's going to make their cash. So just opening up who can attend doesn't seem like it's going to do it because businesses would have to trade off making money from good old food and drink, which never fails, to have a shaky chance just trying to break even on an all-ages gig. And I can't remember the last time I saw a show in like a scout hole, you know. It just isn't happening right now. You ain't going to get a 25... Yeah, that's another thing, right? You aren't going to get a 25-year-old catching a one-hour train to the suburbs to see an all-ages show without the promise of beer, ketamine, and kick-ons. So, that doesn't sound great. 
So now what? Is local music struggling? Is the scene struggling? Mr. J Hockey says yes. Business-wise and attitude-wise, well, what does that mean? Well, he explained to me, how many times can you reschedule a show before you run yourself into the ground with frustration? People are diversifying in this industry, and that word sounds too positive for what I mean, right? Musicians who made it to where they could support themselves with their art, a lot of them just can't do that anymore. They're back on the phones doing the shit they hate for a paycheck, and sure, they'll inevitably write a song about it, but how rancid would you feel to be living your dream and then have it just gone? Now I realize they're waiting in the wings for the chance to jump back on the tour bus, but man, when is that going to be? We don't know. Mixed with uncertainty, everyone starts to get jaded. He also explained to me that local bands seem to be stagnating. I won't mention personal experience here. (laughs) But local bands are stagnating, finding themselves unable to hit that next step like a tour. And when he said that, I went, oh shit, that's true. I've seen a couple hit it big, but they are marketable beyond belief. There's so much going into online image, because that's a whole lot of what people have to work with right now. The music is great, but you got to sell your shit every time. And hey, any show you do, you better play the fuck out of it. Or you'll be hit with that imposter syndrome, man. Like, would someone else have played it better? You know, comparison, the killer of joy. So I asked Josh, what do live shows offer? Which is a pretty, uh, I would say, naive question. I know what they offer to me. A good time, the chance to hang out with friends. The ability to perform is just, it's a feeling like nothing else. But I wanted to get another opinion. So I went, what is it that live shows offer? And local show running connoisseur Josh Hockey says that they allow the band to break the barrier between themselves and their audience. It humanizes them. And that allows them to express their art in its uh, rawest, 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 rawest rawest form most raw form to the people that love it most and now that's a good point see getting a hype to see someone play that's a good feeling there are some acts i would disagree though with the humanizing because their lighting guy has them lit like greek gods who control time and space but i get the point right you're seeing them there in front of you aside from that it's how a bunch of these bands are making their cash that's their cash flow If they get to playing on the reg, playing shows, funds more shows. More shows means you're playing to more people and expanding your audience, which then expands into the other avenues, more listeners and more streaming income, more audience, more people after merchandise, and the circle jerk of life continues, you know. So I turned to Mr. Hockey in my Instagram DMs and asked him, what does a solution look like to this struggle the music industry is uh, supposedly gay engaged in? An honest answer... I don't know. He says, I don't know what a solution is beyond having shows unrestricted. See, the music industry is always the first to be handcuffed when restrictions roll out. Now, that's true, for sure true. He goes on to mention that AFL and sport is allowed to continue while music and arts entertainment is stifled. And it seems the bigger bands are going to have to adapt in a way that actually lets them play shows. And he's right. You know, it is a little weird. When you pack thirty to 80,000 people into a stadium to watch footy, 
because they're like, well, the roof is open and the event organizers are going, listen, you fucking pleb, you can't catch COVID outside. What are you fucking... Not true, Dr. Sir, but also, if the thing's being outside, if that's the whole catch, local gigs, you spend most of your time outside anyway. Because everyone with a tattoo will smoke a cigarette when the opportunity arises. What do you think happens in between sets? You just wait for them to go on? No, you grab another drink, head outside, start rolling a cigarette, take one drag, hear the sound of guitars and go... I guess I'm just going to miss this set. I, I didn't even really want to see him anyway. That's what happens. That's what happens when a 20-minute set makes the venue smell like nail polish and dirty Doc Martens. You can't wait to get outside. Either that or you make a beeline for the bathroom. Speaking of which, have you seen these new scented keys? I don't know where to get them, but every time I'm at a bar and I go to the bathroom, there's always a dude in there who just loves the smell of his keys. So... To finish up, and thank you to Josh for providing me with some further insight on the show running aspects of what's going down in COVID times. To finish up, I, I am constantly impressed by local music, for better or worse. The worse, every couple of weeks we get someone exposed for being like downright nasty. The better, I think the industry is suffering, but I think artists are learning to thrive in this. Some of the music that's come out the last two years that's been recorded remotely or in between lockdowns music videos new bands it's so impressive really i'll address specifically local alternative music here right the alternative music scene has always been hanging on by a thread it's always been hanging on by a thread it's never really had a safety net and i think if it's been hanging on by a thread all this time, it will continue to do so or it will get better. But when you've got a bunch of people who could form a sizable sample of the population, drop dead in love with a conceptual scene that maintains different genres and characters, you better believe they're going to find a way to make it work. See, the leaps and bounds the local music scene has taken in the past few years are astonishing. I see music videos made by openers that look as good, if not better, than those produced for someone in the top 40. With a relatively affordable budget, because everyone's trying to help each other out. It's there, it's alive. Some people have had to step down for a bit, make some money another way, but they're waiting in the wings. The idea of making money off any sort of art is insane, and yet people are doing it. We are adapting. We know the old ways of how things run. We are getting used to the new ways and finding alternatives. It's hard. A lot of the upkeep in maintaining the audience is going to be done through the back end if you're waiting for shows or can't record. Through social media and merchandise. It's hard. But keep going as best as you can. You've got this. And I apologize in advance for how naive this sounds. So no, personally, I don't think the local industry is dying. I think it's mulling about, waiting on better days. The people involved with it, of course, are the ones paying for it. The concept will survive. But goddamn, isn't it frustrating, yes, to sit back and go, I've lost two years of what could have been the best years Well, I don't know what to tell you. I don't really. 
If you've got it, use it. The music industry's always been a hustle. Keep hustling, man. Keep hustling. Thank you to Josh Hockey for having a chat with me. I kind of just coagulated some of the messages he sent me into what I was talking about. And I appreciate it immensely. Check out Lost Souls Booking. That's Lost Souls Booking. I'm Wilson Mack. This is Happily Haphazard. Have a good one.